March 31st, 2021. It's a for Pedro Show.
Waffle Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. It's the last day of March. Ross D. Billings B Day. We started off with the uh, original untitled ballad to her ladyship in parentheses has got John Cotrain. Kill Sonic after that with Liberation Technology. Brother Matt, the love grotto on the pleasure point a couple miles south of here because we're still great quarantino mode. But I'm not totally man alone, people, because those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got Eddie Rivas uh, with this. Welcome aboard, Eddie. Thank you. Right on. That LibTech tune actually is a Bobby Bradford tune, I think. Oh, it's a cover. A yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I've seen him a few times. Uh, I think he, uh, Nels Klein. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in Charlie uh, some of Charlie Hayden's Liberation Orchestras. Uh-huh. Yeah. I saw him with, uh, I think it was with Vinnie Golia once. Okay. Yeah, and then I think I saw, you know, what our friend Vince Marooney, I saw him play with Bobby somewhere, too. I can't remember where that was. Vince was in the pair of pliers with Tom Watson and myself. Yeah, I saw that then quite a bit. That was like 20-something years ago. Yeah, yeah. Vince was a great cat, and he's come on and recorded. We made a record a year ago with a guy from Wales named Jamie called the Wish Granters. Mm-hmm, yeah. And also he's played some sax on sock type and shit, and he's a great cat. Love yeah, he's uh, actually my saxophone teacher. Okay, yeah. yeah. He can yeah. blow the sax, the flute, and he, yeah. on the heart, uh, harmonica. Yeah, and, and he also is a great drummer, man. Yeah, yeah. Very talented guy. Uh, let's get into your uh, sure. journey through music. What's your earliest musical recollection, please? Um, well, my grandma's, going to my grandma's and listening to a lot of music, actually. And her, na- her name was Angelina, but we called her Nana Mica, uh, which was short for Musica, which is music in Spanish. So she was known as like Grandma Music. So she really, she had, you know, a lot of, a lot of you know, Mexican music, like the trios and the, the ballads and a bit of mariachi. So that's, I think, where I first was really exposed to like music being a very uh, present thing, you know. Now you're talking about records, or, or they're fucking yeah. people played in the pad. <laughs> uh, no records and okay. eight tracks. Okay. I remember she had eight tracks sure. too. But yeah, records and eight tracks. I have some of her records now. But so so, and where was this, Eddie? This was right here in East LA. So I grew okay. up in East Los Angeles, and my grandma. Fortunately, um, lived right around the block from us, so I could just walk over to her house anytime. So, but but in the pad where you grew up, was there mm-hmm. musical instruments? Yeah, uh, sort of. At a certain point, um, my grandma, when I was really little, there's a picture of my on my dad's lap where I'm playing the guitar. She gave me a guitar at some point, maybe when I was maybe three or four years old, and obviously I didn't know what to do with it, but I would strum it and pretend to sing I guess you know um so yeah you know so um so there was a guitar lying around eventually my brother my little brother and I got in a fight and he broke it oh Uh, damn yeah so who knows what how that would have improved my chops well what about school were you in the the Uh, choir the marching band or shit like that yeah yeah well so the school I went to the elementary school we had a music teacher Miss Brydenthal I remember and my mother had played violin when she was a little girl. So uh, I remember thinking, well, I w- I'll play violin. But it wasn't too great of an experience because I think she was older. And so the, the, the only thing I remember about that class was the first day I showed up with my violin, she had us get in line, like a single file line, and then the kids would walk up to the music stand and play the music. Well, I'd never seen sheet music before. I didn't even know how to hold the violin. So she had me get in line and go up there. And I had no idea what to do. 
And so it was a pretty actually negative experience because I was embarrassed and, you know, that didn't go over too well, even though I still kept going and eventually just kind of on my own started to figure out what the notes were and where to put my fingers. Like it started to make a little bit of sense to me, but it wasn't the best experience. What grade? That would have been fourth grade. I was probably about nine years old yeah, then. Nine or ten. Yeah. Wow. A lot of trauma. You know, she's, yeah, she's called up. a teacher. Right? <laughs> she's yeah. going to teach anything. <laughs> no. I don't, like I said, I don't know if she was overwhelmed or just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure her heart was always in the right place because other kids were playing just fine. But I don't know if maybe I entered the class late in the school year or, or what happened there. But it was well, a pretty messed up thing. Well, you but can then, relate, right? Because you're a teacher. What, what's that? You can relate oh, yeah, to your I teacher. Can totally, yeah, I'm totally aware of not doing that to my students. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> so you got to oh, thank man. her. You remember yeah, her name? Kid. I, I mean, that could have really, uh, you know, and again, I, I don't know where her head was, but but it could have ruined music for me, really, you know. Sure, like big turnoff. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've had but a, lot that, of, a lot of people on the show uh, with the piano lesson uh, oh, nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where do you but, go music? Well, let me ask you this, Eddie. Yeah, what sure. was the first record you bought with your own money? Uh, it was, I think, Led Zeppelin in Through the Outdoor. And what was the first gig you went and saw? Well, besides the backyard gigs locally, yeah. like uh, we went to see the Dickies and the Vandals at the country club, like maybe in 80, oh man, 85, 86, something like that. In, like, the, I had in the to, Val. Yeah, the country in the club was in the yeah. Val. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a trek for us. and uh, Kind of west side, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had older cousins, you know, I didn't have older brothers, but I had an older cousin, uh, my cousin Dave, who actually played with me in Leopold. And, uh, and, you know, we had a group of friends and somehow, I don't even remember who took us to the gig, but, but by that point I had gotten kind of, um, exposed uh, through skateboarding, you know, through skateboarding, we got into punk rock. Okay. I think so, Van Nuys, like, uh, Reseda is where that pad was. Yeah. Yeah. Reseda, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perk I don't know what it is now. I wonder what happened to that place. Ah, that was years ago. Right. Yeah. But I think they filmed Perk Boogie Nights there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. Yeah, that first scene. Because the valley is supposed was like the porn place, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was right back in the day. I wonder if it still is. Maybe it still yeah. is, yeah. Okay, back to your journey in music. Sure. So, violin only for a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. And then, um, then you, you're talking about skateboarding was like the gateway drug to, to the yeah. punk punk scene. And, and that yeah. means start your own band, right? The afternoon, after yeah. school, the garage, basement, bedroom band. Yeah, totally. Well, my mom was a teacher, so I remember I asked for drums, and they were like, no way, no drums. But <laughs> then, then I remember uh, hearing, uh, again, Led Zeppelin, the song remains the same soundtrack, where Jimmy play, Page plays the theremin, remember? And I thought that was a guitar, so I thought, well, that thing sounds cool. I want to do that. And so I said, well, can I get a guitar? And this was maybe when I was about, uh, just about to turn 14, 15. And so she said, well, uh, take a guitar class like there was at my middle school. Um, and I did with Miss Rector. I remember her. And she taught us really good fundamentals. So I got an A in the class. My parents got me like a $100 kind of cheapy guitar from the mall. And that's when I think like, you know, after you learn your, your chords, you start, you know, jamming with your friends and stuff. So that was when I was about 15, my first band. We were, we were called uh, the Grubby Jims. And, um, yeah, like most kids, we would, uh, first we would re re rehearse at my uh, aunt's house or re practice at my aunt's house. 
And then she got sick of that. So we moved into my folks' garage and we we kept, you know, playing in that garage for a good two and a half years and never a complaint from the neighbors or the cops. It was, I mean, in fact, when we stopped playing, the neighbors asked me, what happened? We used to water the lawn and listen to you guys. And I was like, <laughs> now, oh my God. <laughs> I'm in- <laughs> very, very kind people. I- I'm yeah. interested in, uh, were, were you copying off records or were you trying to write your own material? No, we kind of, once once I figured out a couple things, like my friends taught me like little Metallica riffs and stuff that I was in school with. And I figured out like, okay, I can play this thing to some point. I, I didn't learn, and to this day, I didn't learn, I haven't learned a lot of covers. I mean, when I played with friends bands, I've learned their stuff too. And Distorted Pony, I had to learn that stuff. But, it, you know, at that age, it was just like, we're writing our own songs and, and we just kind of right away got off. Uh, to that, you know, got on to that point where it was just like, okay, let's, you know, write songs. And we would just kind of, my cousin and I, especially Dave, would would sit around together and figure out the tune and then show it to our drummer and then, you know, have the singer um, put lyrics to it. Or we'd even have lyric ideas or start on the lyrics. But we pretty much right away started um, with, a you know, we did do, I remember we did two covers in that band. We did a Angry Samoans cover, we did Todd Killings, and we did an ag- aggression cover called uh, Body Count. So we did do those I two remember covers. those guys. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. they were, uh, were they uh, Nardcore? Nardcore, or, or... yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Those, we had yeah. that 7-inch, that Doug Moody right. uh, <laughs> Super 7-inch. Yeah. Mystic Records, right? Yeah. yeah George Mystic Hurley. Three. Georgie played with uh, Hey Taxi. I think that was the very first Mystic oh. Records 7-inch. Oh wow. uh, yeah, Can you yeah. remember the first song you wrote? Uh, I think it was a song called Two Faces or Two Face, something like that. I think that was the first <laughs> song we wrote together, my cousin and I. Yeah. All right. Cousin, yeah. cousin Dave, right? My cousin Dave, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to play here uh, some more uh, Kill Sonic, Wet Tape. Right on, cool.
Summer 
Pedro show that chunk of music started with Kill Sonic doing Wet Tail. Then Dustin Wong, he's got a brand new record called uh, Internal Hot Springs. Great. Just came out this week. Uh, Mirror Man, Real Con, name of that tune. And love it. Mr. Tom out of Pittsburgh with the new album, New Tobacco. Room with HBO. Balmas Prendon, some new stuff uh, found in the area archive, and that's come been let loose on us. Abandoned stunt woman, and then hands rotten out of Switzerland with a blossom. Network glass out of Baltimore with OCVBS. I love his stuff. Out of Chicago is a Snaz, uh, going under the name SZ, huh? Oh, yeah, Snaz Average. Yeah, that's why. And Class War, but it ain't the Dills. Same title, though. You can't copyright a title, people. And finally, Distorted Pony, which you heard uh, Eddie. Mention God's list. So, so 
how long does this band last? Just a couple years? Which which band? The high school band? Yeah, with 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 your cousin yeah, Dave. Yeah, about two and a half. What are years they called? The Jimmies or the the Grubby? Yeah, the Grubby Jims. The Grubby Jims. Now, yeah. do you remember the first Grubby Jim gig? I do, I do. It was uh, at a place called the Dust Bowl, which was a backyard, a house in a backyard, uh, or I should say a backyard in a house uh, <laughs> over here in Boyle Heights, like sure. in the Boyle Heights City Terrace area. Sure. And um, all I what I remember about that set is someone banged into me and my guitar went out of tune and I was having trouble tuning it because I didn't have a tuner. So this guy, this like long hair stoner dude said, let me tune it for you. And then he tuned it to like some drop C or I don't know what the hell he did. <laughs> so then I had to play like a couple songs like that, which sounded insane. But then we finished playing our set and they, the, like some kids came up to us and said, just, just play it again. So <laughs> we played our whole set like twice. That's bitchy. It's so like those memories are so fun because, you know, can you imagine like doing that like, you know, in a club gig or so? Well, play your set. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. but those like kind of backyard gigs were, were really fun. You know, I sure. really miss those, actually. Sure. And now, 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 you know, later you're going to get the recording. Did you re yeah. do any recording then with the. Uh, well, Grubby Jones, we did record a demo. Um, I don't even have a copy of that anymore. I think our drummer might have some of that stuff somewhere. What was it like, uh, a four-track cassette or something? It was actually, because uh, I called, I found the studio and I called them, and it would have been 16-track half-inch tape. Wow, like okay. Yeah, our friends in another band called Antisocial had recorded with this guy and gave us his number, and then we went to his studio, and it was the first time I'd been, you know, I was, remember I was working at McDonald's, and uh, so some of my McDonald's money went into paying for that recording. <laughs> uh, that's bitching. And, but yeah. you, you should have a copy of that, you know. I know, I know. I don't, it's your I first ship, right? Your fr you know. Yeah, that's the first stuff. Yeah. And I know he, somewhere he has a copy, but I kind of, I left the band, like that was towards the end of high school. So I left the band right before starting college. And so we never got actually a full mix. We only had a rough mix of it. So we were supposed to finish it. And then things just kind of got, you know, left sure. behind. That happens. It happens. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. you go to college and music yep. ain't your focus, right? No, no. Actually, I started as a history major and then graduated as a fine art major. But um, but very well, kind of, you know, it was weird because I thought, you know, you go to college and then, uh, you know, I knew I was going to teach. So I thought, you know, OK, you know, kind of do what we do. Right. We, you know, graduate and, and get to work and, you know, maybe start a family and all that. But then I got really into um, kind of, I don't know what you call like the the kind of 90s post-punk, like the noise rock bands, you know, Jesus Lizard, Melvin's, uh, going to Jabberjaw, all the, that, and that sort of like blew open my world. Because up until then, with the exception of maybe like, uh, you know, you guys, the SST bands, like, you know, Black Flag, Minutemen, Sonic Youth, um, I hadn't heard kind of like the other stuff coming out of Touch and Go, AMREP, um, eventually trans syndicate, you know, sub pop. But once we heard that stuff, uh, um, it blew my mind. So then it was like full on music. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I, I went, finished school and everything, but, but music kind of took over a lot more. Um, that's can I, can I ask you, Eddie, cause I'm, sure. I'm realizing now Joe Vex had like three different or four different Vex clubs. And he still, yeah. that I play. did you go to any of that scene? Not until he did the way later ones over in El Sereno, where uh, oh, like the no. Evens played there. Yeah, I uh, remember that. But not the early ones. Not the no. I've got, I've seen the the buildings. Yeah. Um, but 
but no, I, it was a little past, a little, a little before my time. Yeah, because Minutemen uh, played for Joe a bunch of times. Yeah, and yeah. some good gigs, and also there was a great uh, you were saying SST bands, Stains. Oh yeah, the Robert Stains. and Louie and yeah, fucking Caesar and gr- great cats. Jesse yeah, Fix. I heard about those guys a little later, but yeah, they definitely were kind of like a, a the, like a mythological band, like <laughs> you know, because you couldn't find their records anymore. Right. So it was one of those. Like the stains, the stains, but nobody like you know. Again, being a little younger, I hadn't heard that stuff. Yeah, you, you're I, saying more nineties. Yeah, and actually, exactly. before them though, and Robert, I think did one gig. Nervous Gender had some cats. Oh yeah, no, like I Gerardo, yeah, the main yeah. singer guy was. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah people. Uh, it's it's trippy how in those days things changed really quick. Yeah, and so it got lost. Yeah, yeah, there's no kind of, I mean, now at least, you know, you have access to things, but but there was, you know, and it's weird, there was this uh, East L.A. kind of, or a backyard documentary put out on, I don't know if it was Hulu or Netflix or something, and it kind of made it sound like there was nothing going on in East L.A. for years. It's like, no, we were playing backyard shows all the time, yeah, you know? so yeah. it's interesting how there's this the the internet has is kind of almost rewriting history. Yeah, little, and it's not little, necessarily little revisionism. Right, you know? Yeah, humans yeah. do that. It's not just yeah. internet. It's called yeah. revisionism. You just, yeah, well, I you know, the yeah. people who weren't there get to just make it up and shit. <laughs> but but yeah. you know, there was even new wave. There was uh, Los uh-huh. Illegals and uh, oh yeah, yeah, the Brat. And there was the all brat, kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Believe, I mean, believe. those are again all bands that. You'd kind of again, they're like this the, the mythology of them. You'd you'd hear that they were bands on East Side, but I'd never heard their music till way way later. You so, know. So you're going to these gigs, eh? And, mm-hmm. and you ain't played since you played with your cousin. Do you want to start making yeah. another band, right? Well, yeah. When I was in a really short lived band with a few friends for like less than a year that didn't kind of do anything. But then what happened was I made friends with. Well, Distorted Pony, Sandy Duncan's Eye, Babyland, Slug, all these all these bands that were kind of doing weirder, noisy, kind of, you know, just something different to my ears that I, I you know, um, hadn't heard. And and so I was like, yeah, I want to I want to start playing again because I wanted to play gigs with those bands. But by the time we formed Leopold and got up and running, those bands had already gone by. Because that was in 96. We started Leopold. And um so those bands had already dissipated by then, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me, but but fortunately, you know, I, I you know we stayed in touch with most of those bands. Actually, I still stay in touch with, and um, and then we were kind of, I guess, the next generation of that, like us, Four Hundred Blows. Uh, I was going to say Ferdy yeah. and uh, yeah, Scott, right? Scott, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah Christian, those guys. So and we were kind of like the next first, wave. And they got a, a, yeah, Christian actually was Pedro. Oh yeah, Rig, I remember Rig totally. Yeah, yeah Rig, right yeah. with Craig yeah, Guevara. With, with uh, yeah, Craig, exactly. I'm right. still buddies with Craig too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know what? People ask me about the old days, and I say it was about people. And same with the yeah. new days; it's always going to be about people. Totally. Yeah, of course. I mean, I remember you know meeting those guys, like you're saying, you know, Christian and and um, Craig back when they were in Rig, and. And, you know, and in fact, they Leopold played with them before they broke up. So we had known them for a long time and, and I still stay in touch with. In fact, let I me mean, kind of a segue here. The label I have is probably going to reissue the first 400 Blows album that we put out. And I just talked to Scott about two days ago about, you know, working on that. So I still t- stay in touch with a lot of those people. 
That's great. That's yeah. great. You know, because uh, some of those connects are forever. Yeah, totally, totally. You right. know, and, and, it's, yeah. and, and it's not a burden. It's a fucking good no, thing. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, that is like I'm 47 and, and I do, especially now I'm friends with some of my students uh, that I taught when they were kids. And so it's interesting to have them ask me about bands that I used to like. When I'd ask people that saw, you know, like, uh, you know, Black Flag or, you know, you guys, Minutemen and stuff. And now I have people asking me about Fugazi and, you know, <laughs> it's like, so now I'm the it's guy. It's your turn, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is really bizarre, you know. Yeah, but that's the way life is. It's about taking yeah. turns. We're at the end of the first hour, March 31st, 2021, Dish What Pedro Show special guest, Eddie Rivas. Hold tight for hour two. March 31st, 2021. Second hour of the Wap Pedro Show.
most alliterative, absolutely I agree And how much is at stake Computer tell me Of the obstacles confronting early men
Here the fiction we come, here the fiction we come, 
For Pedro Show, we start off the second hour with Distorted Pony doing Death in the Turnstile, something live. Then uh, Ben Salter out of Tasmania, Computer Tell Me, Lucas Sabella out of Sydney, Corvette, Freight Train, uh, live at the 5 o'clock lounge from Duo Decibel System in Cleveland. Also Cleveland, Death of Samantha with Savior City. Sergoti, three Italian guys, and told them. From Pacifica, with thousands killed again today, Master. And finally, a distorted pony. Is the song called Crisis, and it was a demo, or is the title yeah, Crisis, Crisis Demo? <laughs> yeah, no, the song is called Crisis, and that's okay. just a demo. Because I yeah. thought that would be a great tune, uh, name for a song, is like Crisis Maybe demo. we'll keep that, yeah. You know, like getting ready for the fucking... <laughs> yeah, just practicing for the crisis. <laughs> so, so, look. Distorted Pony is this ain't your band. This is guys you you joined to help, right? Exactly. So, like I was saying back in like the early '90s, I think I saw them in '91 the first time. But they'd been a band since 
what was it, 80, about, I think, 86 to 93. And so we became friends. I stayed in touch with them. They decided to get back together around 2009. And the, one of the guitar players wasn't interested. And so, of course, I, you know, I threw my hat in the ring and said, hey, if you guys need a guitar player. And, um, and sure enough, you know, they, they, they you know, asked me to join. And we played some shows then. And then we were kind of dormant. Uh, but in 2018, uh, we got asked to go to Europe. So we did a two, about a two week, I think we did four, yeah, 14 gigs in 16 days, something like that. Um, in, in 2018. And that's where that recording comes from. Uh, at the Hamburg gig, some guy, uh, hit us up to, you know, if he could record the show and he did. And then I put it up on, uh, on our Facebook and then, uh, Improved Sequence asked if they could, uh, um, you know, put it out on vinyl. So, of course, you know, we said, sure, if you guys want to do it. Um, so that we should. Well, it's a good it. record. I got to say that. Yeah. yeah. For a boot, it's not bad, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also, and you improve, know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I got to go, go connect with you with Improved yeah. Sequence, right? Out of Bologna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, seven and Inch the, coming out with uh, you know, Sonia de Mayanayo. And uh, last year put out a. Something with the MSSV. Oh, got it. Mike yeah. Baguetta, right. Yeah, I mean, I went on their Bandcamp page the other day, and they have, I mean, a lot of stuff now coming out, so it's really cool. In fact, here's the funny thing. They actually, while I was talking to my partner, my friend Anthony uh, Francoso, he plays in a band called Geronimo. We're the two guys that do Total Annihilation Records. I get an email from Giancarlo, I believe, uh, from Improved Sequence saying, hey, we'd be interested in reissuing the 400 Blows on vinyl. And I was like, dude, we were just talking about that. So now they're going to put out the European release and we're going to put out the American release. Gianluca. He also Gianluca. has a club uh, yeah. uh, in yeah. Bologna called Freak Out. Yeah, we played there. Yeah, yeah. great place, man. Yeah, I played there buttloads. It's always a yeah. good time. Always a good yeah. time. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, so that was, no, <coughs> that was our let first me ask you. Because mm -hmm. oh, you helped out these distorted pony guys just to get things yeah. straight. But Leopold's no more by that point? No, that band lasted about 10 years from 96 to 2000, actually 11, 2007. But we did do some shows. And we, like I mentioned in the email, we played with you for Chris Stein's memorial shows. Um, and we hadn't played together. Dave Travis's pad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cafe Nella. We hadn't played together and I want to say like 17 years or something like that, 13, 15 years, something like that. But, you know... Well, thanks uh, for course, doing that. Chris Starr was a course, beautiful, man. beautiful guy. Yeah. Only 48 yeah. fucking years old. I know, man. I know. We uh, we were actually talking before he passed. I, I, he was in the hospital, and we were going back and forth on Facebook, and he was messaging me if I do a cover band with him so he could get his chops back. And I said, of course. You know, once you get out of this, you know, yeah, let's do it. So that's kind of the last conversation I had with him about getting a band together so he could kind of recuperate and, and get his chops back. He know? gave me a little drawing, he, uh, ink drawing. He made a John Coltrane. I got it in my pad here. I look at it all the time. Oh, uh, right on. Yeah, I have this guy. picture. He made a dose of video <laughs> with his, you know, when he's taking care of those dogs, their uh -huh, son uh -huh. stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was really neat. Any, yeah. any, anyway, okay, so Leopold just, I guess, just ran a course, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I want to play here another prod and when we listen to this stuff, because you gave me a couple tunes, Ego Plum, mm -hmm. and this one's yep. uh, Sinitis Insulitis.
Pedro show. That chunk of music started with Eagle Plum doing Sinaitis and Salitis. Then uh, out of Barcelona, some bands, uh, Betnizer with uh, Telco e Bronza, uh, Nielsen with uh, Jungle of Disgrace, and Mechanica Classica with Orias. Orias. Opus. Opuestas. Fucking destroying your language. Sorry, people. Your music's beautiful. I love it. And then uh, two, I don't even know how to say this. It's number two, then two Zs, and E and X. <laughs> so, what's that? To Zex? <laughs> and a tune called Detti. I think they're Italianos, huh? Or no, no, no. I think they're Spaniards, too. I guess the Buffalo and the Catalans. Yeah, what? You're fucking up. And it's flying out of Hokkaido with question now. Finally, Eagle Plum. Funeral dirge. Yeah. And Eddie, enlighten us to this uh, Ego Plum. Okay, so uh, Ego and I are childhood friends. He grew up right down the street here, you know, East L.A. His mom still lives down the street. And uh, he played in a punk band with his brother called Flesh World. And then my band, um, Leopold, would play with them every once in a while. But we had been friends since we were about uh, 15. So, you know, we stayed in touch both our bands later, when he if, when he formed the Eagle Plum and the Ebola Orchestra, and Leopold were, were both rehearsing at downtown rehearsal, so I'd run into him all the time, and eventually, uh, is right that the pad? The I, is that the pad that's that? by the 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 river, uh, the bridge? Uh, it's on, yeah, it's on the other side. It's on Seventh Street side. or something like that. Yeah, yeah Seventh yeah. and Santa. It's Fe. on West yeah. Side, right? Right, the LA yeah. River. Okay, I've, yeah, I've practiced. There's like. A buttload of prac pads, right? Yeah. Well, they're out. gone now. They're all, that that whole place is gone. It's now some kind of yeah. wow. artist loft. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Shit changes. Gone. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> okay, so go on. I, I run into him, and uh, right around the time I turned, I want to say right around the time I turned 30, I started taking saxophone lessons with, with Vince. Yeah. And uh, I told him, hey, if you need a sax player, I need, I need a band, you know? So he said, you know, I'm good for now, but, but yeah, I'll keep it in mind. So... About six months later, he calls me up and says, hey, you know, our, our sax player's leaving. Um, do you think you can you can play the stuff? And so he sent me the sheet music, and I started shedding that stuff and joined that group. And we've technically never broken up, but he's a really busy guy. He's now doing music for uh, SpongeBob, and he's done music for Disney, and he, that's his gig now. He's a, a composer for, for films and cartoons. Um, and he still does, you know, smaller versions of, 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 a, of a band, but, but that's kind of the only album we put out is called, it's called, um, the rat King. And so, yeah, myself and, um, uh, you know, Ernie quite a, quite, you know, the horn section was really fun. Sometimes there were up to four of us and, uh, I really, I really loved playing, you know, being a, a horn, I'm not much of a soloist, but I love being in a section, you know, the horns just sound so good together. So I really miss that sound. And we got to hip the listeners to your teacher, Vince Maroney. Vince Maroney oh, yeah. is a great music guy. He lives in Echo Park. Totally. Yeah. grew up in uh, Garden Grove, I think. But uh, El Grupo Sexo and st- shit was... And then he ends up in the uh, pair of pliers with me and Tom Watson. Yeah, and yeah. Bazooka, of- you know, uh, played in the Bell Rays for a minute when they went to Europe. I That's remember right. that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I... I uh, Last year recorded with him. I told you about that uh, mm-hmm. record with the uh, Welsh guy Jamie. But we also yeah. did something with Bucky from the Tar Babies called uh, uh, one was a Bucky tune and one was a Sun Ra. Tune. Oh yeah, he sent me that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Vince did mm-hmm. really good, man. Yeah, yeah, he's a great musician, man. Just a really, 
like day to day working on it, he practices all the time, yep. kind of guy. Yep. You know, yeah, and he started uh, recording himself and shit at home. He got a mm. little uh, thing going so he can. Uh, yeah, and Bob Lee's gotten into that. You know, this I, I'm trying to encourage more and more musicians. Maybe you ain't going to have a full blown studio or something, but yeah. the idea of being able to like trade files on the internet. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He did some stuff for a project you guys worked on at my studio years ago. I can't remember what, what the project was, but he was like, hey, you know, I got this thing with Watt. And so he did some there, and then he's coming in to do some stuff in uh, April for a day for a, another project he has with the Fatso Jetson guys. And oh, yeah, of, Mario Lali. Yeah, yeah. Great, uh-huh. great, great cat. Yeah, great yeah. Cat, man. Love those guys. Big respect to him. And yeah. his brother, the bass man, right? Larry, Larry, right. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, March 31, 2021 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Special guest, Eddie Rivas. Hold tight for hour three. March 31, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt Pedro Show.
Alfred Pedro show started the third hour off with Leopold. This was Eddie's band way back. The Wreck of Hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> a painting. That's a painting. <laughs> and then we had uh, Jacob Rose's swag with qu- uh, choirs. Uh, Tommy Dahill out of Alaska with the uh, 12-mile summit. Carnival Jones, the only one left. That's uh, Crane up in Idaho. You the pimp. Finally, Leopold. Yes, my love. So, total annihilation. Your studio, Eddie. Yeah. What's the story? Uh, so, the story behind that is, um, um, well, you know, growing up, you know, with music, you know, you get a little curious about recording at some point. So, um, I had always, you know, and I've always liked, like, the gadgets, you know, the mics and the gear and everything. But uh, our drummer in Leopold, his name was George Sang. Actually, he worked on... Uh, engine room he helped engineer some engine room over at that studio in burbank um he had gone to engineering school page, and, uh, and was rob uh, seaford who was the main guy but i think he assisted yeah George he assisted, assisted. yeah mm-hmm. so he so i would go hang out with him at the studio and just liked being around you know learning whatever i could from him and then when he left the band we got another drummer chris but then i kind of took over a little bit you know on four track cassette just recording our little demos and stuff and eventually what happened is I got a 16-track, one-inch Tascam machine. And then friends started uh, asking me to record. Um, like Fatso Jetson did some stuff there, I remember, really early on. This would have been around 2000, maybe 2003 or four, somewhere around there. And um, what happened was when Leopold recorded um, The Wreck of Hope, that, the album, we worked with Alex Newport. And... You know, he you know, he said, you know, to feel free to ask him any questions about engineering or whatnot. <clears throat> and I did. I, you know, I would ask him every so often, what's he doing here? What's he doing? And and he said, Have you ever thought about working in a studio? And I said, No, not really, you know. And he said, Well, you know, you ask all the right questions, and that just sort of stuck with me. So I kept kept doing it just uh, as a hobby on the weekends, you know. My setup was at downtown rehearsal. And then eventually um, the weekend thing just wasn't working because bands were showing up to rehearse a lot earlier for some reason. And so we couldn't get in there and, and do stuff. It would just, you know, the bleed would get into it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. cause there'd be like the bands going on and right through the fucking bulkhead. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it, and, and, you know, I'd feel bad cause here these people were hoping to get some things, you know, on tape. And, um, and so what happened is around, uh, I'd say 2008. Yeah. 2000. 2008, I found the building I'm in now. Um, my buddy Anthony, actually from Total Annihilation Records, was the one that kept kind of pushing me, like, dude, you got to get a, a real spot, you know? And so I opened that studio in 2008, and it's been, you know, luckily I, I substitute teach, and that's what's been able to keep paying the rent on that place during this, you know, the pandemic here. But uh, yeah, it's been, you know, and I've worked with um, a lot of our friends, uh, you know. Actually, Chris's last recording session was there with uh, with Jeff Porterfield and um, and uh, gosh, who were the, uh, a bunch of people we know? The guitar player from uh, Bell Rays, um, Tony, Tony, Tony Fate. Um, he was there. Vince was there. So you know, over the years, I, you know, initially it was a lot of friends. A lot of the Killsonic people really support the studio, also. But then you know, after a while. You know, the word starts to trickle out, and so now I get the cold calls and everything. But uh, slowly booking up again, actually. I have some bookings uh, in April now, and, and I just finished recording Fatso Jetson. 
and All Souls. Uh, Tony, uh, who you had on your show, is actually my partner in uh, Eastside Rehearsal Studios. We we own a small rehearsal studio business. Oh today. yeah, also his wife was on. Yeah. Yeah, his wife, right, Meg. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. Great, great yeah. cats, both of them. Oh yeah. Well, so, people. so let me get this straight. You just asked some fucking questions. That was all your training. All your learning has been by doing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's been kind of like reading. Tape Op magazine also was going on. At ah, that time. great magazine. Joe Hamilton, yeah. one of the editors. Oh yeah, and yeah. I got so, to record with Joe. He's partners with Tony Mamonio at St- uh, Mamoni from the P- Perubu. Oh, Studio yeah, yeah. G Studio in Brooklyn. G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why I yeah, did so my that, third that magazine actually was a big, uh, a big uh, inspiration. Just reading about regular guys, learning, you know. Well, a um, lot of it is uh, we jam econo philosophy. Totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. Use what you got. Use whatever you can. You know. I mean, I did right. do a um, a recording seminar in France with Albini for a week back in 2014. That was great. And that guy, to this day, I email or call him, and he always has uh, advice and, and encouragement and. Just a great person to to know. So Steve that's the Albini. only time I took like formal training was with, with Steve uh, over in France. Okay, let's hear some more Leopold. Right on.
My lady, hi, hi, my lady, hi, my lady, hi, hi, my lady in black and black, black and black. Hi, my lady, hi, hi, my lady, hi, my lady, hi, hi, my lady in black and black, black and black. You were about to enter your compound when you saw me in my blue van, my blue van. I did wave my hand, my hand I waved, and you saw, but I drove away. I got chicken, my lady, hi, hi, my lady, I got chicken, my lady, hi, hi, my lady, in black and black, black and black. I got chicken, my lady, hi, hi, my lady, I got chicken, my lady, hi, hi, my lady, in black and black, black and black. Your sweet, sexy figure that I can't forget. I am a gentleman. I am a gentleman. I turned around and pulled towards your house. Saw you were not there. Waited for a little bit, but no sign of you. I don't know what has happened to me in that moment as I missed my golden opportunity. My beautiful lady. My beautiful lady. 
please forgive me for not stopping. For instance, I thought we could both get into trouble. Now, I realize I am in love with you. I will take care of you my whole life. I cannot forget that unbelievable scene. He cannot forget. Someone special. <laughs> and for now, goodbye, my lady. Bye bye, my lady. Bye, my lady. Bye bye, my lady in black and black. Black He is a gentleman. Bye, my lady. Bye bye, my lady. Bye, my lady. Bye bye, my lady in black and black. Black He is a gentleman. Bye, my lady. Bye bye, my lady. Bye, my lady. Bye bye. Goodbye.
Life of Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Leopold, brick full of tables, then flies on you with frying tonight. Dead Reverend, Third Eye, Some Days with Cats to Creeps, Veda Hill, Hi My Lady. Veda Hill, she's up in uh, uh, Vancouver, and they made all these songs out of, like, Craigslist. Like, none of the lyrics are from them. They're from these fucking oh, Craigslist wow. things. Oh, that's a you great know, all idea. tripped out. <laughs> that shit is. Van- Vancouver, yeah. Canada, or Vancouver, Washington? Yeah, yeah, it's Canada. You, you okay. know there's, you, you know about that. Because when you're crossing the border from Portland, um, yeah, through yeah. the city mm-hmm. of Portland, and you're going from Oregon to Washington State, it says Vancouver. Yeah, totally. And there's yeah, a yeah, Hooters right there. Yeah, yeah, it must screw with a lot of people. And then, and fi- finally, uh, Cape Bradita, number four? Cape Bradita, number four, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a funny, like, that was a, a trendy dance for a while out of Mexico, like, this, where they, they hug very tightly and move together, like, uh, so it was just a joke name, and it just stuck. Bailando. Ba- yeah. Bailando. Yeah. Bailando. Bailando. Yeah. Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, uh, man, I remember this one kind of trendy thing with the, the big shoes for a little bit. Oh, yeah, the boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pointy boots. Yeah. Oh, man. man, I don't yeah. know how you could walk, let alone dance in those babies. But yeah, it, it looked it looked cool. It looked very cool. yeah, very cool. They, you know what they extend that with is water hose. They use a water hose and they cut it down the middle. Yeah, and then they attach it to the boot. That's how that, the first guy that did it. That's what he used. Okay, hey, we Jeremy Cano, right? Hey, that's I'm right. into it. I'm fucking way. Some people, you know, I tell people that was not just a slogan. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a way I of life. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? Oh man. You were talking eight inch, I mean eight track one inch, no sixteen track oh, one six inch. Track one inch, yeah. But, but yeah. double nickels on the dime. Ethan James did that on an Atari eight track uh-huh. half inch. Oh yeah, I have one of those too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eleven hundred dollars to record that. It's probably the best record I ever played on. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> you know he mixed it. He mixed it one night, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know. It's it's crazy when you read about those crazy sessions like <laughs> the entire records on a weekend, you know, like wow. You so know. so what about you said the building you're in now after you left mm-hmm. the the prac pad place? Yeah, that's now loft. That Watson. Yeah, loft. Yeah, okay, okay. Maybe it's better though because that was so <laughs> fucked about the sound coming through. Uh, but, yeah, but but. but what what did you do? Uh, oh, let me ask you your opinion. Acoustics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of lucky. If people want to look at the studio, they can go to uh, eddierivas.com or totalannihilationstudios.com. Um, we got lucky in, in the sense that um, it, it you know just kind of made a rectangular room, and we got lucky that it didn't um, cause any problems. But it's a nice big tracking room, like 20 by 30 feet, with a smaller ISO room downstairs that's like 10 by 10. And then the control room upstairs. So it's like a mini Abbey Road, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it just, I'm lucky that the room just happened to sound good um, and didn't need a lot of, you know, didn't need any treatment. Yeah, because a lot of those parallel walls, you get standing exactly. waves and shit. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but that's why a, a fucking zine like Tape Pop really helps because mm-hmm. these cats can hip you to shit like that. Yeah, yeah, especially on the forums, you know, like the, on the yeah. message on the tape op message board. Sure. Um, you can ask, you know, hey, I'm doing this. What do I? How should I deal with it? You know. Right, right, and yeah. I think that gap between dudes recording and dudes playing is getting smaller and smaller. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I get a lot of a lot of clients that'll do like let's say their drums at my spot, then do all the rest of their stuff at home or in their practice pad if they can, and then bring it back and have me mix it. I mean, that happens all the time now, you know. Oh, Same wow. thing with tape. Yeah. 
That's that's interesting. That's interesting. You know, whatever lets people be uh, creative and expressive. I'm into. Yeah, totally. You know, it's a, it's an evolving, changing thing. And and like mm-hmm. we, uh, when we uh, first started talking today, it's about people. Yeah, totally, totally. It's about no, I mean, people. you know, it's like uh, I think it's really cool when when you know you can you know we're all moving right. Time's just kind of going by, and you look back and go, wow, I've known this person now twenty, thirty years. You know, or I played a gig with that guy you know, 15 years ago and we're still in touch or what, you know, whatever the case it's, it's I think that's a great thing, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and here's another great thing. You coming on the show, big honor, Eddie. Thanks so uh, much. Thank you. I, no, really, it's really, I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, when you get your new things coming out, bring up, yeah. bring them, bring them, please. I want to play. Right on. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you some stuff. Beautiful. Thank you. Watt. Beautiful. People, it's been March 31, 2021 Dishwap Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.